God Mail came out, the Christians finally had an answer. <laughs> Welcome to Be- uh, Dreams of a Better Day podcast. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been three weeks? Two, two weeks? Two weeks. Three two weeks. weeks. I can't remember. Yeah, I, we are on top of our game. In 2014, the movie Christian Mingle was released. And that is the movie that we watched for this week's episode. Yep. And it is a doozy. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was quite an experience coming off of the the generally positive feelings we had towards Friendship's Field. Um, this movie turned it around. It definitely it around. did. Where to even start? This movie. First of all, the it stars uh, Lacey Chabert, Chabert, something like that. Chabert Chabert. I, I I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it, but it's she's the, the Gretchen element. Gretchen from Mean Girls. Yes, and I, we yeah we should talk about this to begin with. She also had a starring role in a little movie you may have heard of before called A Little Piece of Heaven. Unbeknownst to us, when we watched <laughs> this, and then we started uh, compiling our notes for this podcast and uh, just looking up the different people that are in it, Ben. Came across this very, very little important little piece of information. A little, a little piece of information. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, she played the little girl who gets kidnapped in a little piece of heaven. Which, knowing that, it's sort of like maybe this is the same girl in Christian Mingle. Now she's an adult. Um, yeah. Like the universes are connected yeah, in that way. It's all one universe. It, it would explain a lot about her. As a person, if, you know, she was kidnapped and told she was in heaven as a child, and now this is her life as a result. It's all all tied together like that. The movie definitely presents a rather idyllic view of life. (laughs) This, what is the main character's name? I can't even remember. Gwyneth. Gwyneth is uh, an ad executive. Yeah, she's a a madman. Yeah, exactly. She lives a very rock and roll lifestyle. No, she does not. And the movie starts with her on a date, right? Oh, she's, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, yeah. on a date with... Um, Some guy. Well, I don't think we know his name. And it's not going well because she's on this date and this guy sees... Like a childhood friend of his or... Something, yeah. Some girl. The, a group of, of women at the bar in this restaurant and he's just staring at them. Yeah, he's then, not even trying to be subtle about no. it. He's just staring at these... Uh, at these ladies as he's on a date with this other girl. Yeah. And finally he just gets up, goes over and talks to them. And yeah. so we realize that uh, Gwyneth is the last person in her friend group who hasn't gotten engaged yet. So she's feeling that um, desperation, Yeah, I guess is the, the only uh, way to put it. It's just, she's feeling desperation. One night she's in her apartment and watching TV and there's a bunch of commercials that in every commercial in this movie is very low budget. It's all like these home videos that people made (laughs) as commercials. But then a Christian Mingle ad 
comes uh, it, on. And I think it's probably like an actual Christian Mingle. Yeah, probably. And side note, this movie came out the same year that the Christian Mingle app was released. I can't find any information to verify that this was one big advertising like campaign. advertising yeah, I campaign. Think it probably was, but it would seem that perhaps it was. And she sees this ad for Christian Mingle and starts thinking about it. She doesn't join Christian Mingle. Yeah, she's not yet. a Christian, right? She's not a Christian. The movie just the beginning. It just, it's just. It's a lot of exposition. It sets up who she is. You know, she's the last in her friend group who's single. And it also sets up her place of employment, which is a rather odd <laughs> place. She has this boss who's played by a J.K. Simmons knockoff. Yeah, he's discount J.K. Simmons. Yeah. And he wears an admiral uniform all over. Yeah. And well, I guess he wears the admiral hat. And then, like, a double-breasted yeah. coat. Yeah. And he acts as though he is an admiral. And, and there's no reason at all for this. <laughs> it's a really weird attempt at comic relief. As well. Yeah, they. I, I feel like they just wanted a quirky character, and they're like, well, what if the boss is weird and dresses yeah. up like an admiral? Did anybody watch this? And you're like, I can relate to this kind of working environment. <laughs> I have a boss like that. I don't know. And it's not like, so like other, there's been other TV shows or movies where there's been like that weird boss character. You have um, in, well, I mean, Spider-Man, you have J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. You have um, in, uh, I forget if it, I think it's How I Met Your Mother that has a, a character kind of similar to this. Yeah. Who like dresses up weird and is a strange character. And you have, um, oh, I, I just blanked on what I was, the other one I was thinking of, but in all of those situations, they always, like, do something with that character. Like, mm-hmm. he's... Like, okay, like, you're Ron Swanson. He's this strange libertarian guy, and they have, like, these sort of plots about that. Or in 30 Rock, you have Alec Baldwin's character, who's, like, this neoconservative uh, businessman. And they always do funny things with it. But in this movie, they did nothing with the boss. He was just there... Yeah. Like, there was no point to it. He just walks around with an admiral hat on. <laughs> there's no explanation, and there's there's no reason for it to be in there at all. Yeah, and they, and It's just weird. Yeah. It's not, it wasn't even that... It wasn't funny. Yeah, it wasn't funny. <laughs> it was more alarming because this guy has clearly lost his mind. <laughs> and he's still running this company. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't... Maybe he was in the Navy or something. I don't know. They don't explain yeah. any of it. They don't explain it at all. Like, if, if he were a Michael Scott and they did things with it, I could understand it. Like, you know, it'd be funny. There's a bad boss and you know, he's got these weird quirks and it's funny. But there, there's just nothing. Yeah, he just is. He's the guy with the admiral hat. Yeah. And this uh, ad agency she works for is trying to pick up a really big client who sells anti-hair loss. Well, no, I mean, it, it heals baldness. Yeah. It, it goes beyond just like improving hair loss this guy claims that he has a product that will cure baldness cure baldness it will grow your hair back and the guy that um sells this looks like guy fieri he literally has like the spiked blonde like hair the frosted tips yeah exactly <laughs> um and so while this is going on in her workplace she finally makes the decision to join christian mingle right yeah she's She's alone in her apartment again, and another Christian Mingle ad comes on uh, in between these home video advertisements, 
and she opens up her computer, then closes it, and then decides to sign up for it. Yeah, I think the like the decision point for her to finally deciding to go for this is that at the beginning of the movie there was one other friend who wasn't like engaged or dating anybody and then she gets engaged oh, too. Oh yeah. And then so that's that's like the moment where this girl's like, okay, uh I gotta do something about this. And so she goes on to Christian Mingle finally. Yeah, and when she's trying to make her bio and describe like what church she goes to, she like puts God's church. God's church. <laughs> yeah. And she has no idea about the lingo, but it's it is hinted at. I can't remember when, but it is hinted at that she did go to church when she was a kid. It's not like she's totally. Oh yeah, like she would be familiar yeah, with she the would types at least of know, churches, or just put her old church's name in there instead of <laughs> totally freezing and just putting. Uh, God's. Church. I go to God's church. <laughs> but what I do like about that is that that I think that would fly. God's church. Yeah, because people are like, mm, it's all God's church. You yeah. know? I think that actually would fly, which is <laughs> No one would no one would question it. Right. Oh, yeah. she goes to God's church. Yeah. Okay. And so she signs up and gets a match like that. Yeah, it's like an instant kind of thing, if yeah. I remember right. A guy named Paul. Paul Wood. Paul Wood. And they go on a date to at a coffee shop. They go to get coffee. Yeah. So when we were watching this movie, uh Cy and I both um assumed i think that we would have like a montage scene of uh her going on these bad dates that she got on christian mingle until she meets the right guy yeah uh, from what i hear online dating can be a fairly frustrating uh, yeah i've never tried endeavor. it so i don't know um but the the sense i had was that you would have a bunch of like funny bad date scenes until she meets this guy who's right for her but no, in the very first online date that she goes on, she meets this guy who she has absolutely no chemistry with. Yeah. But this is the guy. Yeah. This is the guy. Yeah. Immediately. She's like, oh, and she commits to it. Mm-hmm. I they, mean, they both do from like the f- very first date. They're like, yeah, uh, I, I can't remember if they talk about kids at this point, but like they talk about all of these really. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Oh man, it's a, it's a very weird. If only it could be that easy, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Just they, but she commits yeah. so hard to this relationship that she pretends to be a Christian. Oh yeah, that's right. That's the whole sort of one of the whole big themes throughout the movie is that she's pretending to be a Christian to date this guy, and she commits to this. Um, scheme the minute she meets this guy and he's not even really that interesting of a person like no not not worth pretending to be something no he's very all-american works for his family's business he calls his parents mama and papa which is kind of strange yeah i don't know of itself i don't know any like even the extreme fundamentalist christians i don't know anybody who as an adult calls their parents mama and papa me either like i know i know some kids who do it you know that's fine whatever um but as an adult i don't know anybody who does that yeah maybe we're strange like maybe that's just a normal thing but i don't know i mean (laughs) in literature i guess that that is used in the classic goldilocks and the three bears you have the the Mama bear, <laughs> the papa bear, and the baby bear. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's another. And the thing. mamas and the papas are a famous band. 
Oh, that's true, yeah. Maybe maybe the director's a huge fan of the mom. <laughs> it was an couples. homage. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but again, it's another thing in this movie. Un- it's like the Admiral hat. It's unexplained. And nothing's done with it. Nothing is done with it. Yep, it's just She there. doesn't even really bat an eye at it. But I'm, like, if I was on a date with someone referring to their parents as mom and papa, I would be, I would be concerned. I don't know. <laughs> I that wouldn't would say a, anything about it, but I no, mean, I wouldn't either. But weird. that would be a little bit of a red flag. <laughs> just I don't know. It's just strange. But this date goes well, so uh, Gwyneth commits to mm-hmm. the scheme of all schemes, pretending she's part of a religion that she's not, so that she can marry this guy <laughs> after five minutes of the first date. Yeah. Not even five minutes. It's like no, it's really instantaneous. Yeah. So they begin dating. Mm-hmm. And they they go to a sushi restaurant for dinner, and is that the is... next scene? It, it it's pretty soon after. Yeah, it is pretty soon after, and they go to this sushi restaurant for some. She likes sushi, I think. Yeah, and but he, he's, he's never had it before. Yeah, he's never, had and it. he hates it. And again, it's really weird. I don't. Know. I didn't think it was that funny, like yeah. him trying to choke down the sushi. Yeah, I, right. I I don't really care. Well, I've never had sushi, but I'm betting I would not care for sushi. Mm. So I. I can relate. It was a very relatable scene to me, you know, <laughs> choking down sushi. I, I understand. So, but this does establish that they're both lying in the relationship. Gwyneth is oh, pretending yeah. to be a Christian, and he's pretending he's, like he knows anything about sushi. Yeah, he's pretending he's okay with sushi. Yeah. That's interesting. One lies maybe a little more moderate than the other, but still. The white they're lie. They're both yeah, Exactly. <laughs> and so she tells one of her co-workers whose name I don't recall, Mm-mm. that she is uh, doing this scheme of pretending to be a Christian. And her co-workers like, immediately like, this is bad news. Don't do it. It's not going to work out. Uh, you shouldn't pretend to be something you're not. And Which is funny, because then we later come to find out that this character, at the end of the movie, we find out, is a Christian. Oh, yeah. But she never talks about it. She's pretending not to be one the entire movie. This is just a <laughs> web of lies. Yeah. A tangled web this movie is. Yeah, it really is. So they they carry on in their relationship. and Oh, there is one thing. The, after the sushi date, um, they get to her like front door. And uh, they're like you know about to say goodbye to each other. And she makes a joke about him not kissing her goodnight or something like that. And I thought that they were actually going to play that. Like, he's a Christian. He's not going to, you know, no kisses until we're married right, or something yeah. like that. But no, they they didn't. They, like, referenced the joke and then did nothing with it. Again, yeah. And so for most of this movie, probably at least half and maybe more than that of this movie, I was... Like, unsure whether this movie was a parody of Christian movies or whether it was an actual, like, sincere attempt at making one of these uplifting Christian movies. I was back and forth. I think, really, if I'm honest, probably up until the ending scene when stuff happens, which we'll talk about. But up until then, I was really unsure. Like, I could have gone either way. Like, this is either a hilarious parody of christian movies because it hit all the right points it's, it, i mean in terms of just the the genre of christian <laughs> yeah. film this movie is almost perfect the only thing it didn't have is duck dynasty right yeah the only <laughs> thing it, no chick-fil-a either yeah oh. but instead of chick-fil-a as a segue we have a different restaurant 
in this movie. Oh my gosh. This is, again, one of the... just This movie presents a really weird reality. Everything's idyllic. And when uh, Gwyneth meets... Paul's family. She goes to church with them, and then after church, they take their they have their weekly uh, outing yeah. at a restaurant <laughs> that is called Steak and Cake. Steak and Cake. <laughs> and it Cut is to a scene. <laughs> the whole family is sitting at this booth with two or three pound steaks on their plate and a an assortment of, of various cakes. cakes. On the table, this like if I went to that this, restaurant, this is I, one of the reasons I thought this movie was a parody because I'm like, there's like it's obviously a play on Steak and Shake, yeah, but <laughs> Steak and Cake, and I mean, I was watching it and I was like, Steak and Cake, that's weird. Then I got more upset when I saw what the <laughs> restaurant was, was but I was like, oh, I don't really know what I was expecting <laughs> yeah, with a name like Steak right. and Cake, but I just. It's so weird because everyone, every person in the family has those huge, massive, massive steaks on their plate, no sides, and just the cakes. (laughs) And some of them are eating the cake before they eat the steak. I I don't know. It's pretty idyllic because that's, I I mean, I would be happy at a restaurant like that, just eating steak and cake. But if that's your every Sunday afternoon meal, though, you are going to be packing on the pounds. They're all in pretty good shape, though. Yeah. They're a pretty good-looking, yeah, steak and cake yeah, family. well-preserved family, despite their affinity for steak and cake. Uh, so at steak and cake, and this was this was a a weird thing. I thought they ask Gwyneth to pray over the meal. Oh yeah, which like if you're the visitor at the the thing, like I if you're think a, it, a visitor at church, why would you? At, why would they ask the the new person to pray? Isn't that? I mean, like an unspoken Christian hospitality thing. You don't ask the guest, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think anyone's ever asked me to do that. And if they did, I would be like, I don't know, it would be kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, I would do it, obviously. But well, okay, for me, it's a little different because I'm in seminary. I'm like training for yeah. ministry, so people often ask me to pray for things. Yeah. Which it's like, all right, yeah. I'm, I'm in seminary. It doesn't but mean she's I have an a closer connection to god here. yeah uh but she's an ad executive yeah, she's not would a, you ask the ad executive to pray at your table no i'd probably last them to, i wouldn't be my first choice to leave really <laughs> right yeah <laughs> and then because of this prayer we see that paul's mom or sorry paul's mama is <laughs> is suspicious because i mean gwyneth isn't again though she grew she knows at least a little bit about the quote-unquote right things to say yeah. in a prayer, but she ha- has a weird prayer. It just well, I, I she stumbles this, through it. Yeah, I thought this was one of the funnier moments in the movie. If oh, really? I can allow it to have funny moments, mm-hmm. yes, is she, I will allow. It. She continues. Yeah, I'll allow that. <laughs> she continues to pray, and like the mom makes weird reactions, and so Gwyneth keeps praying, but the mom's wanting her to say amen and get it over with so yeah. she can eat, but Gwyneth doesn't know that. Which everybody would know that, I think. Like, right, if yeah. you had any experience with church, you know that that's how you end a prayer. But mm-hmm. she just keeps going as the mom makes reactions. Uh, so I, I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, like, she she just kept that the prayer going. She couldn't lay in the plane. Um, so, but yeah, I feel like anybody who's had even the most minute experience with church or religious people knows that one... 
this is going to sound bad, but the prayers before meals, nobody really pays attention to what you're saying. And no, everybody's like, hungry. Yeah. And some people, I'm pretty sure, make them long just to prove a point. <laughs> I'd like, I, I mean, I've thought this ever since I was a kid. I've never really grown out of this theory. But go on. some people pray a lot longer than others. For, over meals. Over a meal. Just to prove that like, yeah, just, it's a real prayer. Prove it's a real prayer and like, you'll get your food after the prayer. Like, let's focus on what's important. Which, I'm not... Uh, yeah, but yeah. people are hungry, they're hungry. <laughs> I don't know. I just... I think of... I th- one of the models for Christianity that I think television has presented is Hank Hill in King of the Hill. And in one scene, his son Bobby becomes uh, part of a youth group that's, like, really evangelical. And Hank Hill is more kind of like a traditional yeah. Protestant. And so Bobby wants to pray over the meal, and he he kind of prays like this rap prayer, <laughs> and uh, eventually he's going on and on, and Hank's like, all right, Bobby, wrap it up. I'm sure God appreciates the support, but he wouldn't want the pot roast to get cold. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like that this the, the prayer scene in this movie was kind of playing with that. Okay. Or it was a sincere thing. I'm still unsure. Un- really? I no, I mean the movie's definitely sincere, but like I felt like maybe some of the scenes okay. were supposed to be funny. The the writers couldn't decide. Yeah. So they go to steak and cake, and I still can't get over that it's called steak and cake. I have several notes during the whole scene when they're at steak and cake. The first one is steak and cake with a question mark, and then later I have what is steak and cake? It's such a strange. It's a, I guess it's family style dining. I think. Yeah, it seemed like it. But it's just, it's very gluttonous and just over the top. And anyway, Paul's mama starts to suspect that there might be something, yeah. uh, Some, know, something's yeah. up with Gwyneth. She thinks it reeks of skullduggery. And so, and then it cuts to her at work again, and she's trying to work on this. Oh, yeah, that this, is uh, this, uh, cure for baldness advertising campaign. And she gets, oh, she gets a visit from, the 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 founder of this product the creator of this product oh, yeah and it's really weird because doesn't he ask her something it's to the effect of are you a believer yeah and it's yeah. it's just you know, playing... i think he says i think he says you're not a believer are you <laughs> and she's like excuse me so it's playing on this internal struggle that Gwyneth is having about pretending to be a believer and then she reads this guy's question as if he's talking about religion, but he's just talking about his cure for baldness. And so he basically tells her, like, you have to be a believer in this product if you're going to write ads about it. Mm-hmm. And she cannot come up with anything. And then they have a meeting. Remember? Oh, they, yeah. they have this meeting with the whole company and the, the founder of the cure for baldness. And she has... No ideas. Yeah. She goes in. In the movie, she has a blank notebook. She has not come up with any kind of campaign whatsoever. And she gives this... I don't even... Oh, man. There's one where, like, the pills are, like, bullets that kill baldness or something like that. Oh, yeah. It's this super weird, violent... And if this had been an episode of Mad Men, this would have been the scene where Don Draper just pulls out this amazing ad campaign yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. But, with but Gwyneth, sadly, in this universe, <laughs> there is no Don Draper. Gwyneth is no Don Draper. She she uh, fails miserably. Yeah. And she's also upset at this point because 
Paul is leaving for Mexico. Oh, right, yeah. With his family, because his family owns a construction company. They go down to Mexico every year into this village, and they're building a church or a school or something. Yeah. And he doesn't tell her. (laughs) I mean, it's the... Does he call her from Mexico, or does he call her, like, the day before they leave? I can't remember. Oh, no, he does call her from Mexico, but that's later. But But the day before they leave for Mexico, he calls her, and he's like, hey... Um, my family's going to Mexico for a while. Sorry, I should have told you. <laughs> like, yeah. We're leaving for like a month or something like that. And he does not let her know whatsoever. So he was basically, he was on the verge of unintentionally ghosting her. I guess, yeah. yeah. But he doesn't tell her. <laughs> but then the next day he calls her and she's so upset about this botched advertising meeting where she just has no ideas about how to advertise this cure for baldness and he he asked her to come down to mexico that's right and she decides to but what's really weird is she has that map in her office that doesn't serve any purpose except for her to reference it when he asked her to come down to Mexico. You remember? She has, behind her at her desk, she has a map of the U.S. and Mexico. There's no, like, like in a lot of office scenes and movies and stuff, they have, like, the pins and the maps yeah. like, to mark, like, like And if that would make sense stuff. if she were running, like, an ad campaign in a certain state or something. Yeah, there's nothing. But there's she nothing. <laughs> come down to Mexico, and then she turns and, like, looks at this map... This like, is like one, contemplating. <laughs> this like, is one of the problems with bad movies, and Christian movies tend to fall into this category. Often is that they're so like literal, like every there's just like a punch in the face every time something is said. No or subtext. Done. Yeah, no subtext. So you've got Mexico. Someone says Mexico. We need a picture of Mexico on the screen, and nobody's yeah. going to get. And this reference. isn't the only thing they do <laughs> to let you know for absolutely sure that it is Mexico. <laughs> Because it cuts to the next scene, and it's she arrives at this really small village that looks like an old backlot western set from the 50s. And she arrives at the village, and while she's getting out of the car, there's mariachi music playing in the background. It's as if, you know, just in case you as the viewer were not aware. This is Mexico. This is Mexico. <laughs> it reminds me of... Did you ever watch Arrested Development? Oh, yeah. Okay, it reminds me of the scenes in Mexico in Arrested Development. Oh, yeah. Except that in some of those scenes, Buster is not actually in Mexico, but oh, they do yeah. all the same yeah. stuff to make it seem like he is. <laughs> it's as though that's happening here. So we want to convince the viewer we're in Mexico. What do we need? Mariachi music. Chickens walking around. Um, old buildings. Like... Like, do you think anyone watching this movie, the mariachi music starts playing, like, oh, Mexico, the place you looked at on the map. Like, oh, it's callback to the map scene. And then she arrives. Paul's excited to see her. Yeah. Paul's mama is not necessarily yeah. she's not, uh, happy. She's not thrilled about it. Yeah. Because she is suspicious of Gwyneth. Oh, we should mention that Gwyneth, when she started this whole scheme, Bought a copy of Christianity for Dummies. And the Bible for Dummies. And the Bible for Dummies. Yeah. And so she's been studying in just these two books to... Has she been reading the Bible at this point at all? Or is it just the For Dummies books? I think she starts later. Yeah. Maybe after the trip to Mexico. But I, I don't think, think so. she She's just reading those. No, wait, she is. Because she's like, she has a bunch of verses marked in her Bible. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah. So she's doing very thorough study about how to 
navigate the Christian world, yeah. which she still does rather poorly anyway. <laughs> yeah. was, apparently, this is not an advertisement for Christianity for dummies <laughs> because it failed her miserably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anybody thinking about purchasing that book? Yeah. Please don't. Yeah, we have I, evidence that it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't. It, you will not be able to pull it off with that book. And while she's in Mexico, she brings the books with her yeah, in her suitcase. Yeah. And Paul's sisters discover these books in her suitcase and they show their mama. Yeah. Well, before that, though. Or does that happen after the English... Spanish scene. Is that before they find out or after they find out? I think it's before they find out. Oh, it is before, yeah, yeah. So before that, they're at this school, I guess, and they're like... What I love about this village is on the school, it just says Escuela. It's as if the town's been labeled for people who are (laughs) trying to learn Spanish. They're like in Spanish one freshman year, and you just put like sticky notes on everything. It's as if this, like... When when Paul's family builds these buildings, they label them like that so they don't forget how to say these words. I bet, I bet <laughs> that there would actually be a market in Mexico for a town like this. Like this is oh, the Christian missionaries want to come down for a week to build something. Send them to the town. Oh yeah. And so there's this town that's like built for the short term missions groups. And it's got everything labeled in Spanish. <laughs> there as the youth group is learning the yeah. language. Like the, the mission tourism industry in Mexico, there's actually a lot of potential there. Every two weeks, they tear down a building so, yeah, that, so, right. like, yeah. so a group of students can come to oh, And they you sort out the materials into piles so that's all they're waiting. Oh, man. Oh. So they find... Uh, Christianity for Dummies in her suitcase. No, the the scene with the oh, English sorry. Spanish. It, there's more to it. So they're I can't tell if they're like teaching language or if they're just teaching the Bible. Maybe a little bit of both because that's a that's a, often a way that English teachers who are missionaries will do it. They'll teach English by teaching the Bible. Yeah. Um, and one of the students in the class asks a question in Spanish, and Paul's mama. Asks Gwyneth to answer it. Oh yeah, she's. But like, I, I don't understand. Did Paul's mom, Paul's mama, did she think that because Gwyneth was a Christian, she also knew Spanish? Like, why was she expecting her to know how to speak Spanish? This is yeah. This is the thing. It's almost like the movie wants you to respect, like, the mother's intuition. Yeah, but... But she's just playing games. Yeah. She obviously has... Either has none of that because she expects Gwyneth to speak and understand mm-hmm. Spanish. Or or she's just playing games. Yeah, she's just being mean. Yeah. But then the mama answers the question in like really well i don't know if it's good spanish because i don't know but spanish. it's it seems like it's fluent spanish yeah but just before that she had been speaking through an interpreter yeah, so why right. were yeah. you using an interpreter if you speak really good spanish i didn't even think about yeah <laughs> so there's a lot of questions what the heck 
a lot of questions I have about Paul's mama. She seems to be just... Uh, maybe she's delusional. Maybe she's losing her mind. Yeah, it could be. But why would you have an interpreter if you speak Spanish? And why would you expect this girl who your son is dating to know Spanish? Just... Who's never been to Mexico yeah, before? Uh, I don't think there's any scene where she lies about having been a part of Mexico mission things before. Right, yeah. So I don't. I really didn't understand that, except it's just the mom being spiteful. Yeah. Which maybe that's what it was. Mama's not being very nice. No. Anyway, that that's what I had to say about that scene. There's a there's a lot there. Yeah. And so they they discover they discover these books in Gwyneth's suitcase. They tell Mama, and Mama's upset. She tells Paul. She gives Paul the books, or do her sisters go to Paul. I can't remember. I'm assuming they go to Mama first. I don't think they show what happens. They show them finding the books, and then yeah. Paul confronts her. Yeah, and they have a confrontation, and. Paul is understandably upset that she's been pretending to be a Christian the entire yeah, time. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a, a legitimate grievance. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a pretty multi-leveled uh, lie. Yeah, and so he basically tells her to leave, or she kind of takes the hint and tells him that she's going to leave. But she tries to save the relationship by saying, "Like I can, I can learn, and I can." I can do the Christian thing, mm-hmm. but Paul's not having any of it. So she leaves uh, Mexico and goes back to her, just her life back in the States. Yeah. Oh, another thing about when they're, <laughs> when they're at dinner time, <laughs> yeah. they're all, there's a scene right before her and Paul break up where they're hanging out in like the cafeteria in this, some, or like in the church or something. And, they're eating nachos. <laughs> Just in case you weren't yeah, sure yeah, that again. we're in Mexico. Like, oh, yeah, they're in that place that was on the map earlier. <laughs> and so they're eating... They have nachos in Mexico. What? I said they have nachos in Mexico. This must be Mexico. Yeah, right. So they're eating nachos. <laughs> which I just... It was... I don't know. I just... I don't... I feel like nachos are... Like, I'm sure they have nachos in Mexico. But I think that's more of like the the Taco Bell Mexican food of America, like nachos. Yeah. It's not right. like what Mexican people eat as a staple meal. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but they are eating... I, I, it's just so strange. Yeah. Yet another... Uh, you can and, see why a person watching this movie for the first time might think that this is a parody. Yeah. Because of all of the bizarre things happening in it. <laughs> oh. And so... She goes back to the States. And she's but, really depressed because of... Yeah, but... With Paul. She does have a genuine interest in Christianity at this point. Yeah, because... Yeah, so this is this is the part where I thought the movie was going to do different than all other Christian movies like this. Because she's really depressed. Uh, I think this is the point... This might be the point where her friend tells her that she is a Christian as well. And she's like... You know, you can't fake this kind of thing. And they have conversations about Christianity. And so Gwyneth starts, like, actually becoming involved in a church and doing, like, actual reading of her Bible, not just trying to get information to impress Paul, but she's, she's like, actually reading her Bible. She goes to some churches, gets involved in one, I think. Mm-hmm. And so she has the, she's having these series of moments where she's, you know, becoming interested in Christianity. And at some point, I guess, has a conversion 
of some sort, but they don't really make a conversion moment out of it, which yeah. was better than some movies have done. Um, but so she becomes like a somewhat sincere Christian at this point in the movie. Yeah. And so she's doing things like she starts volunteering in a soup kitchen mm-hmm. and just tries to adapt her lifestyle a little bit to her newfound uh, beliefs. And then what, what? And then Paul. Oh, she runs into Paul again later. With. Oh, yeah. Because back in the early in the movie, after a couple of days, her and Paul go to that Bible study. Yeah. And this actually, I thought this scene was kind of funny because you remember uh, it meets the two couples and then this girl who's a friend of Paul's. Yeah. And they make some weird reference to something that happened at summer camp. Do you remember that? Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. Which they don't explain, so you're kind of left wondering what happened at summer camp. <laughs> I feel like that's like a true thing that would happen for someone who's new to like a Bible study group. Like people are making jokes about things they don't understand. And yeah. It's like what? Like, and, but then they're talking about how great marriages because there's a newlywed couple mm-hmm. at this Bible study, and Gwyneth trying to like fit in quotes a Bible verse about. Uh, how marriage is important to avoid sexual immorality. <laughs> so it was actually, I, I thought that moment was actually kind of funny. Uh, all that to say, Paul starts dating this other, uh, I think Kelly's her name. Yeah, Kel Kel. Uh, what? Don't they call her Kel Kel at one point? Oh yeah, Kel Kel. <laughs> yeah, so he starts dating uh, Kel Kel. Who which, is uh, Paul's mama's like ideal choice for Paul. Yeah, this mama is, is very happy about this decision to start dating Kel Kel. But Gwyneth goes to Paul's church one Sunday and asks to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And he basically, con- or she confronts him and says, you can do better. You should start living your own life instead of just doing what your parents want. Yeah. Which they try to play it off like a, she's just being a good like challenging him like his (laughs) challenging his worldview but it's part of it's kind of like the like how dare you i mean she just it doesn't ring true no it kind of ruined this guy's life in a way i mean just the scheme of all schemes and then tells him that he should really get his life together yeah it's unbelievable and then he he just looks at him he's like are you done yeah he's like yeah and he's like, okay, I don't want to see you ever again. Yeah. And so they don't. I, and again, at this point in the movie, I'm like, okay, cool. This movie's doing something different than every other Christian movie. They're not going to get together in the end. And she's going to recognize that Christianity doesn't mean just getting what you want out of life. Right. That there's something deeper to it. And I, I, was, I had high hopes at this point for the movie. I'm like, they're mm-hmm. going to do it and it's going to be good and it's going to be different from all those other Christian movies. Right. But... She's just very depressed about, it's sort of, I guess for her, a second breakup because she was kind of hoping that Mm -hmm. things would work out. Yeah. And the montage of depressing scenes is strange. The way they have her, like, talking to God, like he's, uh, remember, like, the wind would blow through a window and she'd look up and be like, oh, you are so persistent. Yeah. Talking to him like he's a little kid. Yeah. But I, I just thought it, it was just strange. That could, have been, that could have been done well. Like, 
Oh, yeah. People definitely have moments where their conversations with God are not like, you know, dear Lord, uh, thank you for this food. Amen. Yeah. You ever watch The Apostle with uh, Robert Duvall? No, I, uh, I want to. There's just this scene in it where it's just him pacing around his room, like, screaming at God. It's really good. Yeah. So but, that can be done well. Yeah, but, but the way they did it in this movie. <laughs> oh, you are just so persistent, aren't you? <laughs> So it's so strange. I don't. Yeah, it like starts raining, and she's like, ah, again. Yeah, really. <laughs> and uh, so then, finally, she makes the decision to. Well, she, doesn't she get fired from her job, or does she just quit? Because she decides to go down to Me- that village in Mexico, the uh, and be the. the yeah, uh, I can't teacher. remember if she gets fired or if she quits. We watched this a week ago, so yeah. But anyway, she. It's not important whether she's fired or Right, yeah. She, oh, she ends up in that Mexican village to be a teacher at uh, La Escuela. La Escuela. And she's there, and I guess the movie's just trying to point to, you know, maybe she's kind of moved on. She's mm-hmm. embraced uh, who she is now as a Christian and, you know, made a big decision to pursue something else besides advertising. But then... It cuts to this scene at the school where she's teaching. Someone's reading, like, just some short little essay they wrote in English. And then a student runs into the class. bursts in. Which I don't know why he wasn't in the class in the first place. Because all the kids are supposed to be at school. Hmm. And so he bursts into the classroom and says, Like, you have to go to the the church. You have to go. (laughs) And so she walks to the church like, What could be going on? And she goes in and there's just the old... Guy putting Christmas lights on the Christmas tree. Yeah. And she's like, well, what could possibly be going on here? And then who <laughs> should walk into the sanctuary? But Paul. Paul walks in and yeah. he tells her, like, I, I'm not with Kel Kel anymore. And you can tell that he has been living his own life because, like, his hair's longer now. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's. Mom is not telling him how to cut his hair. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so they get back together. Yep, that's it. They get and that's together. the end. That's the end. This we've seen this in several of these movies, but it it it, it presents Christianity as this this system to get what you yeah, want. That's, that's, it happened in in Fireproof as well, mm-hmm. where somebody becomes a Christian and they don't have to face any yep, consequences just going right or suffer anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it drives me insane <laughs> because. The movie's not about sacrificing for Christianity then. No. Nope. It's not about it at all. It's not. It's just about... Christianity is just a means of getting what you want at yeah. this point. Yeah. And she does. She get what, gets what she wants. Paul proposes in the credits, I believe. And then... I, I, I watched the, the credits. The end credits scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the post-credits scene is Paul proposing. Setting up the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Avengers. Christian Mingle. <laughs> but... I just, it's, yeah. This movie's a, it's just a Hallmark movie. It's it, yeah. because it, it's just about people getting what they want. Mm-hmm. It's just a, like a, a rom com. Yeah. Because it, it, it just presents Christianity as this way to get what you want. Because she's like, oh, I won't. I'm not. She doesn't pretend anymore. So once it's genuine, then she can now have you can get she, what you want. Yeah. yeah. It's it's ridiculous. And that ending scene changed my entire perspective on the movie because one. I was at one point. I was like, "Okay, this is just making fun of Christian movies." This is. I was kind of in on the joke. Just the fact that the title is Christian Mingle. Yeah, you would think that it's going to be 
Right. Yeah. I originally didn't even want to do this movie for the podcast based on the name and the fact that it had high production value because I was like, oh, this is like a secular movie made about Christians. Yeah. And but so I was like, this isn't what we're about. But then we watched it and like, so halfway through the movie, I was like, okay, it's a parody of Christian movies. And then towards the end, I was like, okay, maybe it's going to do, it's doing something different that Christian movies don't do. Maybe this will be a good one. And then at the end scene, I was just like, this is every single Christian movie. What? Like, what kind of, like, why would you want to present that reality? Yeah. Because, again, it's just it's just a feel-good, hallmarky type of movie now. It's not, Christianity really has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Except as a means of her getting engaged, yeah. which is what she wanted yeah. from the beginning. So, yeah, Christian Mingle is a real disappointment. Not a great movie. Yeah, it my fall- last note is ending is garbage. Falls into all the same tropes as every other Christian movie. Uh, had potential had a lot of potential i thought oh yeah and we have to mention when she is now a teacher in mexico when it cuts to the mexican scene there is again <laughs> mariachi music playing. so we know that she's yeah so that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that she is in mexico <laughs> oh, I don't... yeah so that's christian mingle it's uh uh when we get to our guiding questions one of them i'm gonna have a lot to say uh which I guess we can go there now. Yeah. There's not much more to say about the yeah. movie. Uh, was there any truth in this movie? <sighs> or like the plot, was the movie itself a bunch of lies? Yeah, it, it was a bunch of lies. Because the whole like thing, it, it could happen. You know, you could become a Christian and things work out. But it's presenting this reality where that's like the... That's the norm. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, it, it's, it's a sort of a... It's it's merit based mm-hmm. because it's like oh it, like God's sitting up there like oh she became a Christian now she can be with that guy now mm-hmm. like it's yeah I I don't I just yeah so I no I do not think that there was really any truth to this movie but there could have been because we've talked about it, it could have been yeah it could have been playing with certain aspects of Christianity and Christian movies and yeah but uh, it's as uh, a as a parody of Christian movies it almost nails it but yeah. it's not one. And that's what makes it all the more better. It's this. I think this might be the most perfect movie we've watched so far, just because it mm-hmm. it, it, it fires it on all the right all, points. Yeah. yeah. Anything else about truth? I, yeah, I just, yeah. Did it handle its material well? No, 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 not really. And then, should this movie have been made? Yes, you think so? Yes, this movie should have been made, but it shouldn't have been this movie. It should have been the movie that it could have been. Which would have been a really good movie, playing on all of these Christian tropes and then subverting them at the end when she doesn't get with the guy and recognizes that she found something greater than getting engaged and doesn't end up with him at the end, making out in church and getting engaged. Just the the end. It could be somebody needs to make that movie. Yeah. And it would be a good movie. And what's so weird again is how she's putting all of her, she's, you know, going all in on one guy she met online. (laughs) Like, I mean, she's like, she's not going to have trouble finding someone else. Like, she's a good looking gal, you know, (laughs) she's not, it's not like it's going to be terribly like long and arduous, like just totally unsuccessful, like, yeah, I mean, well, she was was desperate though at this point. So maybe she was having problems. Perhaps the fact that she's a liar. Yeah, uh, yeah. played into that some. I don't know, but uh, she was having problems. 
But yeah, I and mean, how are you going to tell this story to your kids someday? How did you and how did you and Mama meet? She Papa, pre- yeah, she pretended to be a Christian. Yeah, she lied. She lied her way into my heart. Oh, we didn't even talk about the driftwood Jesus thing. The driftwood. I forgot about the driftwood. Okay. Oh man, this is. I can't believe we almost forgot about this. That's his dad's conversion story, right? Yeah. Papa's. He became a Christian because he found a piece of driftwood. A piece of driftwood on the beach. Was there something on the driftwood? Yeah, Jesus even... was in the driftwood, wasn't he? Or was it just like a metaphorical Jesus? Like a like the driftwood became driftwood stomata. Yeah, that's what I was thinking it was. Like, yeah, like he saw literally saw Jesus in the driftwood. Okay, yeah. So it's this weird thing where yeah, his dad became a Christian because he saw Jesus in this driftwood. Yeah. But then she uses that metaphor when she's trying to convince Paul to live his own life, talking about, like, you have to find your own driftwood or something to that effect. And it's, like, just the nerve. The nerve that she has. I mean, I, I can't believe that she doesn't, you know, at least feel a little bit more shame about what she did. The movie doesn't address the fact that, yeah, okay, it's sad that maybe she lost out on this, what could have been a great relationship, but dude, she lied her, the whole time about something really serious. I mean, this is, this is like code red lying. It's not like she told a little fib to grace herself into this guy's heart. Right. I mean, she... It's not like she pretended to like sushi. Right, exactly, yeah. Okay. I, I think everybody on a date with somebody, like a first date, they've pretended, you know, to like something. Sure, or... yeah. There, I don't think there's really anything wrong with that. It might present problems later when you've been married for 30 years and she's cooking sushi for you every night. But Yeah, right. <laughs> but lying about being a Christian and going onto a Christian website and then accusing the other guy of being, like, a problem, I feel like... I know. Maybe, maybe it's you. It's like, were some of the things that she said wrong? Maybe not. Yeah. Because, I mean, she's looking at it from a more outside perspective. But, again, even Paul doesn't really address the fact of, like, how, like, yeah, look no, at what you've done. Yeah, nobody really, she doesn't, there's no um, consequences for her actions. Yeah, in this and I, I mean, just the, the precedent that sets for the rest of the relationship. <laughs> she has, she's like a compulsive liar. She just... Make uh, stuff up, and it's not even just Christianity specifically. You can't lie about any massive mm. thing like that. So, but she did become a Christian at the end of the movie, so she doesn't lie anymore. That's how that works. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, she became a Christian, so she's not going to have those problems. Anymore. Yeah, that's fine. Cool. All right. Yeah, you're right. All right. Next question. Uh, did anything knock your socks off? A steak and cake. A steak and cake, <laughs> man. I don't. Every like I still I want to go to a steak and cake. Now. Me too. It's it's just absurd. And again, it's they they're talking about eh, we're going to our weekly visit to steak and cake. And I don't know why. While I was watching, I was like, what could steak and cake be? Like I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. But then it was upset when like they're just yeah, it was just literally steak and cake. Yeah, no sides, no vegetables, no potatoes, just steak and cake. Uh, it, it does again remind me of Arrested Development with the uh, when he opens the fridge and there's a bag in there it says dead dub yeah. do not eat he opens <laughs> up I don't know what I was yeah, expecting right. <laughs> I, I'm gonna uh, I wonder if there actually is a steak and cake we should look that up yeah. yeah you know what I'm gonna look that up right now because anyway what's the uh, what's the next 
the next guiding question while you're looking that up. Would you watch this again or recommend it? I would actually recommend people watch this movie, but not to watch it for the sincereness of the movie, but because this is, like you said, along with Fireproof, probably one of the, like, if you want to understand, or no, you said this about God's Not Dead. If you want to understand the, like, evangelical stereotype, this movie is going to be one of those ones that it nails all of the points that the evangelical stereotype is. There is a steaks and cakes in California. Wow. Yeah. Do they live in California in the movie? Maybe this I entire so, time yeah, we've been making fun to, of a real Because they drove down to Mexico, so they... Yeah. Yeah, I think they do live in California. So maybe steaks and cakes is real and we're just uncultured swine. Yeah. So steak and cakes is a yeah, real... Yeah, steaks pl- and cakes, it's <laughs> real. It's a, it's a real life place. And I'm guessing they probably serve things like steak and cake probably cake yeah but they probably serve other things too i'm just blown away that it's a real fight oh i know Uh, um so we're would you watch this again yeah uh, i probably not no would you recommend it but yeah like i said i I would recommend this as a as a, a a glance into the stereotype of christian evangelical world yeah for sure i think i i would too and it's i had a good time watching i thought it was yeah, I definitely enjoyed the experience of watching it more than I've enjoyed watching um, A Little Piece of Heaven, yeah. for instance. At least it wasn't the Omega Code. Yeah, it wasn't the Omega Code, thank God. Yeah. That movie, I did not enjoy watching. And I think we watched that twice, didn't we? Yeah, because we had no idea what was happening. Yeah. So I don't think I would watch this again, but I recommend, yeah. It just... I'm severely disappointed in this movie. Yeah, it could have been so much better. Yeah, I don't want to beat a dead horse. All right. Which, side note, did you hear that PETA's mad uh, because people use the phrase... I I saw they have like a a suggested list of... Like, it's feed a dead horse or something like that. And they compared it to... Or feed a fed horse is what they said you should They compared it to using racial slurs, too. It was like... And so, so then so, every now everybody now everybody we can all get together and everybody can unite yes. being mad at PETA for <laughs> saying something like that. Anyway, yeah. how, this, is, this isn't a political podcast. No, it is not. <laughs> how would you rate this movie, Benjamin? I think that I would rate this movie three steaks and one cake. Three steaks and one cake. Yeah, that's not bad at all. I think I would. I think. Three sushi rolls. Three sushi rolls. Three sushi rolls. Three sushi. Yeah, I, I just, I just severely disappointed in pretty much all of it. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of weird things, and just things presented to you, but nothing happened with them. Yeah, we've had that problem with other movies too, where it's like things just happen, and there's no reason. Yeah, like no writing reason. There's a good example of that in this movie. I wanted to bring up actually. This is a good time for it. So. Um, Gwyneth's boss who hires the, or who decides to take on the ad campaign for the hair regrowth guy is bald and he wears the admiral hat all the time covering up the baldness. Uh, so that maybe that's a reason he wears the admiral hat, but still doesn't explain the admiral thing. But anyway, because he talks in the office, like it's a ship. (laughs) It's like, he goes in when people are talking, he's like all the board ladies and which doesn't make sense. Anyway. None of it. None of it does. He, so he wears this hat and he takes on this ad campaign because he really believes in the product. 
And so he's like a true believer as opposed to Gwyneth's not being uh. a believer. And they so they set up that distinction between these two, the true believer and the not believer. And what any like person who has any idea about writing or any kind of storytelling or just, you know, the ability to connect pieces of information together and tie them together for like an arc in a story would have at the end of the movie when they're when she and her boss are having this conversation about being a true believer had him take the hat off and have hair do something with this thing that you've put throughout the entire movie about this ad campaign that you did nothing with it's there's no reason for this ad campaign to be in the movie now because you never it never pays off all you needed was for him to take off the hat and have the hair and like it would have made this connection between all of these disconnected things that happen throughout the movie but they didn't do it and so now it's just nothing like all of those scenes mean nothing now because it never pays off oh like that's what i thought they were gonna do because yeah i have some sense of how you're supposed to tell a story and there's supposed to be a conclusion to it some kind of payoff yeah there's none anyway that's uh yeah so i if i would i think people should see it if they're interested in this kind of thing but uh, I would never watch it again. Yeah, me either. Uh, fun fact: this director has done several like faith-based movies. Oh, do you know which other ones? He's no, done? I'd never, I've never heard of any of them. But okay. I guess he's he's made other movies kind of like this one mm-hmm. that don't have a lot of substance. Any substance there could be, it's not really that's unfortunate. Utilized at all. He also has a collection of over eight thousand snow globes. All right. Is yeah, yeah. Fun little factoid <laughs> for you. I don't think there's more to say about that. Yeah, I don't think so either. And so, that's yeah, that's Christian Mingle. That's Christian Mingle. Oh, one of our guiding questions that we forgot to ask because we lost our guiding questions, and so we had to rewrite them from memory. If we were going to recast anybody in this movie, mm. who would you recast? Who could who could do it better? No, I think J.K. Simmons. Could yeah, J.K. Simmons the, as the, the admiral, office admiral part pretty yeah. well. Yeah. Kirk Cameron as Paul Wood. Yes. Now, he would be a man who yeah. knew how to play that role. Yeah. Oh, man. Because Paul Wood was kind of a bland character. But if we had Kirk Cameron in there in his fireproof days, yeah. not not early Kirk Cameron. But and, yeah, maybe during those that confrontation with Glenn. Unhinged Kirk Cameron would have yes, come out. It would have been unhinged Cameron. Yeah. Friend of the podcast, Kirk yeah, Cameron. Yeah, friend of the podcast. Yeah. Shout out to Kirk. If Yeah, if, I think Kirk Cameron as Paul Wood. And it would have been weirder, too, because the girl plays the little girl in a little piece of heaven. So there would have been that whole element. Oh, that would have been perfect. Yeah. So that's that's really my my recasting. I'm kind of disappointed now that he wasn't in this movie. Yeah, it would have, that would have made can you this, imagine? That would have made this movie like the magnum opus of, yeah, of Christian, Christian films. Uh, I looked up one review... Uh, I'm not going to read it all because it's super long. This was from on Amazon. Uh, it, it was written by trustworthy mom, so I think we can believe what I she trust has her. to say. Too bad. Uh, well, I would I would trust it more if it was trustworthy mama. But yeah, fair, fair. I'll uh, allow it. So here's what here's what I wanted to read. The coworker. So this is uh, Gwyneth's coworker turned out to be a closet Christian who lied to their boss to cover for the main character going out of town. So when, when Gwyneth went to Mexico, she her co-worker lied for her. 
The main character never knew that her co-worker was a Christian. Hmm, I wonder why. Because she's been lying, you know. There was no chemistry or sense of why the two people were attracted to each other. They were just, boom, in love. Fair. Yeah. The movie should have represented genuine Christians really living their faith so that the main character would see something in them that made her want to pursue a relationship with Christ. The message of how to come to know Christ as Savior should have been crystal clear, but no. There was talk of Jesus in Driftwood and Epiphany during an experiment with cheese. I don't remember that. Oh, the the cheese in the... Like the rats going for the cheese. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> There's a really bad metaphor about rats searching for cheese, and that's like finding Jesus. If the purpose of this movie was to waste over an hour of my time and to make me cringe at all the misconceptions of Christians portrayed here, then well done. Please give me something that makes me think, makes me want to be a better person, and doesn't leave me cringing. I think we can all agree with Trustworthy Mom about that. We've said so many things about Christian movies already that I, I feel like I am feeding a fed horse when I say that one of the problems with Christian movies is that none of the people in Christian movies are real people. Yeah. They're just like these... They're pawns. Th- yeah, they they spout out like the all of the Christian cliches. Christianity has this, you know, 2,000 year history of philosophers and theologians and deep thinkers and scientists, but none of those people are ever portrayed in these movies. It's no. always just the guy, the evangelical guy who sits around and is like, well, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And that's like the 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 full extent of his Christian theology yeah. is these little catchphrases that you read on t-shirts. And it's disappointing. People can do better than this. Yeah, a lot better. Anyway, that's my final word on Christian Mingle. Do you have a, a final word on this movie? Oh, just, do you remember the, uh, just one last thing? Do you remember that monologue at the beginning? It's like, a, no. like it's, it's like the it's like the writer of the script like watched too much Grey's Anatomy because it's like, oh yeah, and so there's like that monologue at the beginning where I, where yeah. Gwyneth is just her voiceover while the camera moves through the sky, yeah, the clouds, and it she she basically says, "I didn't realize that by online dating I could find him," oh, and that's yeah. capital H him. <laughs> when we were watching it, I think. I don't remember if we both made the joke or if I made it, but I was like, oh, yeah, capital H him right before oh, she yeah, said that's that. Right. <laughs> <sighs> this movie. Yeah, you should watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely give it a watch and it, let us know what you think. Yeah. Unlike the Omega Code and Little Piece of Heaven, I would say this is one of those so bad that it's good movies. Like it's fun. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun trip. Yeah, it was. It was uh, yeah, a nice little, nice little weekend trip. It wasn't quite a vacation. No, but no, a little, a little jaunt down to Mexico. Yeah, if you guys have questions or comments about uh, uh, Christian Mingle the movie, the movie, yeah, or, not the website. or your experience about oh, online yeah. dating, and if you did find Mister Wright on like your you first online him. date, or if you found him, that's capital H him. Uh, in your online dating journey, let us know at uh, betterdaypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Or you can check us out on Twitter, Better Day Cast, And we are also on Instagram. Do you post on Instagram? Uh, yeah, occasionally. Okay. I, I, sometimes I should do. probably get better about doing yeah. that. But you can check us out on Instagram uh, at betterdaypodcast. Yeah. That's all, folks. <laughs> We're really bad at ending. Yeah. <laughs> We have too many endings.